Hey, hey, welcome back to Turnbar Time, episode 31, 31, 31, trips one, trips one, trips one. I am the turn. I'm the bark. We're going to be here a long time, long as YouTube lets us keep recording. Uh, today's topic was actually requested. A student sent me an email. Yes, that's right. Your teachers still check their email. I'm one of the rare ones. Um, but it was sent by uh, Miss Chloe Shields wanting an explanation on the Supreme Court's uh, decision. I know there's been multiple this week, but she wanted it on, uh, did I say, we said Shafalo, right? V. Washington? Yeah. And it's also, it's kind of a co-decision with Colorado versus Baca. Yep. So it, it kind of combines all these things. But basically the topic is faithless electors. And if you paid attention to any of our shows, which was way back in, like, when was Electoral College? It was like episode like five or six, probably. It was pretty early in the series. Yeah. So, uh, pay attention. So, basically, a faithless elector is somebody who is sent to Washington, D.C. to vote for the president and the vice president, and they don't vote for who their state thought they would vote for. Yeah. So, again, the way that electors work, the Electoral College, everybody's favorite thing about American democracy or, rep, you know, republic. Um we don't actually the, the the popular vote that happens in November, like we have one coming up for 2020. Um, hashtag don't vote for Kanye. But uh, <laughs> everybody thinks that like you know we we vote, and then it's like Hillary Clinton had three million more votes than Donald Trump, but Donald Trump won the election uh, because it comes down to electoral votes, and the way that it works in 48 out of the 51 states plus DC. Um, I guess kind of the states in America is it's a winner-take-all system. So like in Washington, Hillary won, I think, 52% of the vote, popular vote. So she got all 12 of our electoral votes, meaning the Democratic Party of Washington State picked 12 people that go to Washington, D.C., I think it's in December? December 2nd, I believe. So almost a month after the election, the general election, and they actually cast the ballots that technically elect the president um, officially, right? And so, like, if we look at this, here's our map. And if you notice, up here in Washington, I hope it's on the screen there. It is. Um, I'll drag it down just in case. Okay. In Washington, you see there's actually – Hillary's not getting 12. She's getting 8. And there's 3 for Colin Powell. And one for Faith Spotted Eagle. So this is why the Supreme Court case has Washington in it, because four there was four faithless electors in 2016 from the state of Washington um, that went and they pledge, they have a agreement that they signed saying that when the Democratic Party nominates them and sends their names to the Secretary of State of Washington, Kim Wyman, um, they agree that they will vote for, they're supposed to vote for the Democratic nominee, which would be Hillary Clinton. But their hope was that they could motivate. Now, keep in mind, these are all Democrats. Colin Powell, who's the former Secretary of State under uh, Bush. Yeah, U.S. Army General. Yeah, former general, was is a Republican. You know, so they picked a Republican. One other person picked uh, Faith Spotted Eagle is a a Sioux protester activist who is fighting the Keystone Pipeline, which is now kind of on pause. But uh, 
the three that voted for Colin Powell were trying to get other Republicans to be faithless and not pick Trump and pick somebody else. And so, like, there was two from Texas. One of them voted for John Kasich, who is the Ohio governor, and one voted for Rand Paul. So all of these people, and then there was somebody from, an elector from Hawaii that voted for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And so all of those people who received those electoral votes weren't even on the ballot. Yeah. You know, which is crazy because, like, Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, who were the Libertarian and Green Party candidates, respectively, garnered votes across the country but didn't get electoral votes at all right. but yet colin powell who wasn't even has didn't even campaign right didn't, never even said he was interested got three <laughs> got more electoral votes yeah and what's what so basically like like barger explained earlier the whole point of this was to try and encourage republican voters so republican electors to vote for anybody but trump Thus, Trump wouldn't have the majority of the 270 electoral votes, and the election would be thrown to the House of Representatives. And again, this is a, a, a uh, calculated decision because at the time, the House of Representatives was controlled by the Democratic Party. We would go to the one vote, one state model, uh, or one state, one vote model, and, and the hope is that 38 states would get you an elected uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, again, obviously didn't work. Um, and so what's happening to these people is now they get in trouble with their governments, uh, their state governments. And so in Washington, everyone who was a faithless elector, the four that were, were fined $1,000 each. And so, again, they took this up with uh, the court system and working its way all the way to the Supreme Court, saying that as an elector, I'm chosen and I get to vote how I want to vote. I, the, the state can't make me or punish me for not voting for the popular vote. Um, and so, again, this played out. This is what's interesting is we've been seeing some decisions that have been very close lately, like five, four on both sides of the, the aisle. But this was a nine zero vote. It was unanimously decided that states had the right to punish faithless electors. Yeah, there's 32 states plus D.C. Um, that have a pledge law that say that the electors have to sign a pledge, like sign a document pledging that they will vote the way they're supposed to. Fifth, only 15 states have some sort of enforcement or punishment behind it so that if you don't, you either pay a fine or you're removed and replaced by somebody else who will do the job and like vote the way they're supposed to, which is um, the Colorado case with Mr. Baca. He was removed. He wanted to vote for Bernie and like crossed out like Hillary's name and was writing like Bernie Sanders. And they were like, nope, that's an invalid vote. And Colorado like pulled, rescinded his status, recalled him and then put in somebody else that voted appropriately according to the results of the election. Yeah. So the fact that states states can have pledge laws that was decided in Ray versus Blair in 1952, I think it came out of Texas, it was a 5-2 decision then, yeah. um, that states can have you say that you need to honor your pledge. And then this one was, can states, again, have an enforcement arm? Like, 
because it's kind of one of those things like what's the point of saying you have to do this and if there's no punishment for me being bad what right. stops me from you know being faithless yeah and so this court case was all about can states punish you know or have some sort of repercussion for somebody who is a faithless elector and the ironic thing is is that washington has since in the time that it's taken since 2016 to now we've repealed the fine yeah like that thousand dollar fine isn't even on the books anymore um now the law is simply that they will be removed and replaced right we took a colorado approach to it and it kind of goes back to like the argument that comes up so there was two decisions like there was while the the court was unanimous um justice kagan wrote the i guess the major you call it a majority opinion still yeah majority opinion signed it or eight justices signed it so um she went with an approach essentially saying that the article two of the constitution which lays out how like that states get to pick their electors and the 12th amendment yeah which is what changed how we the fact that we don't vote for two people for president and the second place guy it's, becomes the vice yeah. president think about aaron burr thomas jefferson right. hamilton don't throw away your shot watch it um hashtag but, 99 Disney hashtag plus. we're not uh we're not sponsored hashtag so, twice <laughs> <laughs> she justice kagan essentially said that by the the laws essentially saying that states get to like pick or appoint their electors that 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 gives them the power to decide what the criteria is for who gets to become an elector so like Technically, I guess criteria can be different in Washington than it is in Oregon, because it, it goes back to that federalism piece where the state, it's a state power, so the states can do as they please. And so she said that um, essentially electors historically have been tied to like the decision made by like a lot of early on, a lot of legislatures got to pick the electors. Yep. And then eventually it only took until like the I think it was like the early, like the 1820s that they started using the popular vote and then the popular vote would decide, you know, you say the legislature was still picking the electors, but it was the, the result of the popular vote determined which party got to send electors, you know? And so her kind of analysis was that historically, like there's no grounds to say that you have the right as an elector to vote your mind. Like you are, you're being sent as a representative of the people of your state. And she tied it very heavily to the the popular vote result within your state. Right. Which, again, we've had the discussion. There are two states right now that don't do just – or they, they divvy up their electoral votes based on percentages, and that's Nebraska and Maine, I believe, are the two states that do that. Um, go ahead. You have something you want to Using say? the – it's not – I watched something today, and it was a expert – and I was, and she was like, "Oh, it's proportional, it pro- broken up proportionally." I'm like, "No, it's not. It's not a proportionality. It's based on uh, congressional districts. Okay. So it's, it's the con- congressional district plan is the what they use right. in those two states." Um. So again, uh, what's interesting is that so uh, Justice Thomas delivered, uh, I think I believe it's called a concurrence of a report. So it means that. He agrees, but he agrees for a different reason, or he has an important part that he wants to to lay out. And so it's um, 
So like, when we talk about it, again, he cites Roy versus Blair. Um, and what he does is he basically, um, I'm trying to remember, he puts it out for uh, an argument for the 10th Amendment, I believe. Um, and basically says that the 10th Amendment to the Constitution, which gives states the rights to that are not specifically given to the federal government to to manage. And so basically what he says is, okay, in the 10th Amendment, uh, states can do what they want to do, like how they want to do it. And so this is just their their call. And again, he's a conservative justice in mindset, right? So states having power, you know, more power, it falls under his um, prerogative, I would say. Strict construction. Yes, thank you. Um, and so with that kind of being said, it kind of, they, they, they got shut down. <laughs> yeah. Like the faithless electors got told, no, you, you should do your job the way you want. Um, and it, they both essentially like, I think where Justice Roberts disagreed was that he was saying that in Kagan's opinion or in her Honestly. ruling that she was stretching like the definitions of words too much. Yeah. Like she was saying, well, appointed means this, or like, you know, manner means this over here, but then it means something different two seconds later. And he's like, no, you can't. You're, you're it's it's not in a what's the word I'm looking for a written power um, enumerated yeah it's not an enumerated power it's not spelled out in the Constitution therefore it falls under the Tenth Amendment it falls to the states right right it's not done by the federal government at the top it's pushed to the states number yep. ten right hashtag hand signals hashtag um, and so like we talked about where this gets really kind of interesting is that if states truly do have the power to make that decision, um, we've talked previously about something called the National Popular Vote uh, Interstate Compact, where there's a number of states around the United States who, some of them have it in law, like Washington State, it's in our legal code, it's an RCW, same in California, except it's not an RCW, RCW, it's like an RCC. Um, but essentially it says that if enough states join, and I think they're like 80 votes shy right now, electoral votes shy, of enough to get to 270, which is the number you need to win because it's 538. Yeah, because it's 535 Five, and plus then, uh, three DC. for DC. Which DC? Hashtag DC got one house to approve statehood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for them. Uh they're hanging in there. Puerto Rico says, what about us? <laughs> Shut up, Puerto Rico. Well, they but, had to uh, vote, but that's a whole other story. Here's your paper towels. Yeah. Uh, Marker. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, put it on the tee, got to hit it. But uh, anyway, so under that plan, rather than states looking at the popular vote within just their state, they would be looking at popular vote results from the entire country and then awarding their represent their electors, sorry, uh, based on the the popular vote of the entire nation. Right. And so technically, under these this decision, it opens the door that states can award their electors any way they want, or the way that they want. Not it didn't necessarily say any way, but it's mm-hmm. a state power. Is there anything that stops? And as soon as if it ever gets to the point where it gets enacted and we end up like 2016 where a Republican nominee, most of the states are 
Democratic blue states. Right. Uh, almost all of them, actually. Mm-hmm. So if we got to another, like, rewind of 2016, say we're in, like, 2028, 20, mm-hmm. and we get in, they have enough states that have signed on, if a Republican wins the electoral, it would is projected to win the electoral college, but loses the popular vote. If the NPVIC sounds like a really bad like rap group, yeah. uh, they would essentially like like you know <laughs> national popular vote powers activate, yeah, and they would all like magically just like change the way that they ele- they award their electors. And it would lead to, you know, this shift where all of these states would say, nope, it's a Democratic victory instead of a Republican victory. And the reason that right now it's really politicized because the Democrats have generally are thinking that they're going to have more votes because they're, they represent the urban areas right. where Republicans generally come from the rural areas. And right. it's those two senatorial votes that really help them in the Electoral College and those more population challenge states well yeah and that's the thing so like i just did some quick digging and it's like the last so realistically we're not talking i'm not going to talk about like because democrat and republican has switched since the last time benjamin harrison and grover cleveland ran for office but the last time that it, it really happened where have been a democrat has has won the popular vote and lost to a republican that's in 2000 with al gore he won 0.5 percent more votes than Bush, but Bush won the electoral vote. And then obviously in 2016, Hillary Clinton won 2.1% more votes and lost out to, to Donald Trump. And so it's, it's interesting to see if like this will will happen or trigger. And again, we want to stress that the electoral college, like we talked about in our one, every year, whenever, it, or every presidential election, so every four years, somebody is always complaining about the electoral college. It, 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 one party will will use it to complain. It's just it's almost a guarantee, um, and so it's just something like until we get addressed, which is again thirty. What did I say? Thirty eight state? No, thirty five states. No, thirty eight. Thirty eight states. Thirty eight. Right. We need the two thirds to call for a constitutional convention, which again another topic for another time. But again, I've seen this meme on Facebook. This was written. You know, Constitution 1787 approved in 1789. We've made 27 changes to it over its its 200 and odd 30, 40 year odd thing. Well, it was written by all white people, <laughs> all male, all well to do because they could afford to be there. And so there is some thought, especially what's going on in the world, that maybe we might want to call a convention because we will now have more communities represented at this table um, to kind of thing. But the problem is, if you if you open up the can of worms with the Constitutional Convention, you're opening up. Everything is up for debate. Every single thing. So it would. It yeah. would and a lot of a lot of people see this NVP NPVIC as kind of like this like backdoor attack on the electoral college because you're using the electoral college to kill the electoral college essentially um and as we're talking about faithless electors so like there were seven that cast ballots for people that were not donald trump or hillary uh clinton last election and people that that's a pretty big number there's usually one or two the the record is 63 which happened in 1872 when uh 
Ulysses S. Grant was up for Mr. Grant's over here. Yep. And um, he was running against Mr. Greeley, Forrest Greeley. Looks very regal. I like that collar. I don't, is that a beard or a collar? It's a beard on a collar. That's a. I think it's, I think it's a combo too. Um. Anyway, he Greeley won or should have won sixty six electoral votes, but sixty three of the sixty six electors were faithless, but for good reason. Because in between the popular vote and the electoral vote, Horace Greeley died. <laughs> but he still got three votes from Georgia. Let's go. <laughs> Good job, Georgia. Uh, so needless to say, Ulysses nope. S. Grant was reelected. In a landslide. So that's where people say you can't just look at it and go, oh, my goodness. Because like people, again, who are trying to be trying to downplay this. We'll say, oh, well, it's not nearly as bad as 1872. Yeah, but Hillary didn't die. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You've always got to question people when something seems just like too far-fetched. You yeah. got to stare and go, is that really true? Let, let me do some digging. And sorry, everybody, that takes work. You, you can't just Google it, you know, hey, Siri. And Siri's going to be like, I'll have to do some digging on that, yeah. right? Frickin' put on your rubber boots, get your shovel, and start digging through the muck to figure out what's real and what's bull plop. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, it was interesting. I was I was uh, talking to my dad today, and he brought up, he goes, I was watching my news, and my dad watches conservative news, and he said, he said, they brought up something about Washington only letting African-American students back in the classroom and white kids have to go online. And I and I kind of we were on video chat and I looked at him and he goes, yeah, I didn't think so. Like that doesn't seem right. And I was like, no. And I I went to look for it. Like I hunted for a good like 30 minutes trying to find even a snippet, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, yeah, we're not. God, I I know the answer. Yeah. Because somebody, a former teacher from here who lives on the west side, was super fired up. You know, cue the Obama soundbite. We don't have fired up um, about the same thing. And what it is is the OS, OSPI, the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction, hashtag Reichdahl, um, put out guidance that said as we reopen, essentially what they're doing is they're saying that the students that have the biggest deficits in learning should be brought back first. Okay. And so they listed off like what those would be. And they said like students who need special special education, 504s, um, English language learners. And then it was like students of poverty and then students of color. And so I think people are taking that students of color piece. Okay, and going, perfect. Again, taking a, f like closing one eye, going like this and saying, well, if you look at it this way, yeah. It means that white kids don't matter no more. Yeah. And then they get all fired up because they're looking at a very skewed right. perception yeah. of reality. Absolutely. You know, and it's just, it's, there's no way that we can all have everything. I always think about it economics. Everybody wants to be rich, but if we're all rich, then we're not rich anymore. Right. Because we all have the same amount of money. So there's always going to be disparity. I, yeah. I'm not saying that we should just give up, but. No, don't ever give up. And Use I, that brain. Think critically. If something doesn't add up, no. right? Like people are attacking mail-in voting. 
like the rest of the country, the people like they're like they're gonna let people take their ballots, put them in envelopes, and send them through the mail. People could be tampering with the mail, and like Washington's like, we've been doing this for like twenty years. Hashtag we've been doing it. But and our but, Secretary of State Kim Wyman, who's a Republican, yep, good honor, goes out and says that we have no evidence of major voter fraud. Right. You know, it's safer, you know, than like actually like it's a really legitimate way to vote. Well, if you're not, not trying to suppress the vote. Right. And that's the thing. Like if we go out and dig in this, it's like, why do you have a problem with mail-in ballots? Well, the the answer is that people can cheat the system, right? But I think we talked about this one time too on our show. But like when people go, like you look at the types of voting, yes, mail-in voting could be is the most likely to have voter fraud just because of the system. But it doesn't mean that's going to have it, right? We're allowed to mail in our taxes. How can I mail in my taxes that have to deal with money that the government gets and not vote? Right? Like we can do all these things online. We can do all this stuff. Why can we not do this? But that's a whole nother story. It's a whole nother rabbit hole to dig down and, and everything like that. So, but one of the things is, hey, don't like I've I've had some struggles with this sometimes where I I get so down because it's negative, 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 negative flying at my face. And you have to just kind of take that deep breath and you always have to keep hope. Right. What what makes this situation tougher for all of us is the fact that we're in a covid world that we need to respect and and treat people. We talked about masks last week. Um, and that's what's getting to us like this normal news stuff. Yeah. But we could go and talk with our friends. Right. We could go meet at a coffee shop. We could go to a restaurant. We could go to the gym, like whatever. And yeah, you can do some of that stuff now, but it's not it's not the same and it's not going to be the same for a while. Hashtag it's real. Hashtag it's still here, right? We're we're the United States is the is one of the worst countries right now and trending upward. So, but you gotta have hope and and we keep going. So just remember, hope is everything. It drives you forward. It does everything uh, to make life better. So, hope is what starts rebellions. Hashtag Rogue One. Woo. Love it. Great quote. You want to talk about hope? Go watch Rogue One. Hope yes, go watch Rogue is a One. very strong message. Yes. In Rogue absolutely. One. Absolutely. So, um, other than that, if you haven't seen Hamilton, $6.99 on Disney Plus, I'm pretty sure you can find a free trial somewhere. Hashtag PG13 movie. Just remember that. There's a lot of swear words and some. <laughs> he had to give two. He had to give two Fs up to get it on as PG13. Yep. So. You know, with with uh, PG13, you're supposed to be able to say one F word. He gave them both up because it was Disney. Yeah, but he, but you're allowed to say one. And I really, I it should have been Southern Mother Democratic yeah. Republicans. That's the one that I would, because the edit, like the edit, for, and I know we're off topic and we're just going to prattle on, but the the one with, uh, uh, oh shoot, uh, Lawrence Mulligan. Uh, when I get knocked down, I get the backup. Yeah, they bleep that perfectly. It worked perfectly. But the other one is kind of, it's a little choppy. So on the bleep. Anyway. It's, like, it's that quick. Yeah. We won't, uh, we won't hold you up any longer. Thanks for watching our show. Uh, until next time. Oh, Barger, do you have anything left? Sorry. I've been 
prattling on. Uh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm content. I'm. We've talked about faithless electors. Don't lose your faith. Yep. Right in the electors of life. Yes. Hashtag hope. Yep. Hashtag hope. Uh, if you have any ideas for us, email us. Facebook, uh, Instagram, carrier pigeon. I actually don't like birds, so send the carrier pigeon to Barker. Um, <laughs> send us a letter. Yeah, send us a letter in the mail, whatever whatever you can, just to let us know. Uh, but until next time, I'm the turn. I'm the bark. And we're going to be here a long time. Have a good night, everybody. Stay safe. Be well. Keep that hope up. <laughs>